Hello, and welcome back to Heroes of Hell's Kitchen. I'm Marley. And I'm Luke. Hello. Hi, I'm here. Thanks for joining us on episode two of the podcast, where we will be covering episodes four, five, and six of Daredevil, Marvel's Netflix. What did did we decide it's called? (laughs) Netflix. I think it is. I think it is. Daredevil. I thought Marvel, Daredevil, Netflix, Netflix, Marvel, Daredevil, Daredevil. The one that was on Netflix, but now is not. (laughs) The beginning of the Defenders saga. (laughs) Ah, yes. Mm -hmm. But anyways, yes, we're Heroes of Hell's Kitchen, and you better find us on Instagram. That's where we're going to post all of our things. You can find that at Heroes of underscore Hell's Kitchen on Instagram. Yep, yep. Yes. Anyways, should we get? I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, into it? I'm excited for these. I'm excited for these episodes. They're they're some they're some of my favorite because they kind of get they kind of get overshadowed a little bit by the first like the first two episodes, especially, and then what happens later on. I feel like they get overshadowed a little bit, but I really I really love. There's some good stuff in here, but. Oh yeah. Go ahead, take it for away. Sure, for sure. Yes. Yeah. So this is this is kind of we're in the midst of the um what is it? What is the what is the term I'm looking for? The overarching, not not the theme, the when you're watching a show, the arc. The arc. That's what I'm thinking mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the whole thing with like the Russians. This is the Russians arc mm-hmm. in the show. Yep. I mean, they get right into it. Um you know, and so we're still we're still in the thick of it. But yes, we open up this episode. This one's called In the Blood, episode four. And we're thrown um, into a Siberian prison. And it's eight years ago. And there is a tattooed man. He's thrown into a cell. Um, but he also, he's joined, um, he's, he joins up with his brother there, who's also in the cell. And they're like, we're going to escape. Sorry, should I not do my Russian accent? No. Do it. Do it. Just ex- like, just just roll with it. No, no, do it. Do it. It's excellent. It's like one of the few accents I can actually like do okay. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so they're like, yes, we're we're going to escape and we're gonna yes, we're gonna be amazing and we're gonna go to America where we can mm-hmm. actually get away with stuff. So then we're back to the present. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I they don't flash back to this now that I think about it. When they, they use the um the rib bone of a a cellmate to escape from the uh that that's the, that's how i i can't remember if that's now or it's later on uh i don't think it's later on um it could have been it could be in the next episode i could be really jumping ahead um i don't remember no no it no that it's yeah that's in that's at that part where they uh um yeah, yeah, they they uh, use the rib of the guy to open the door, like a little prison shank. Yeah, very homemade. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, just whatever you can find. <laughs> it's right. It's a natural prison shank. It's just yes, it's just Russian, all natural Russian prison <laughs> shank. <laughs> it's whatever you find and utilize. <laughs> Okay, so yes, we're back in present. And one of the Russians, um, so yeah, they, they're trying to run Hell's Kitchen. You know, they have their little section of the crime world there. And um, 
Oh gosh, I'm trying to remember where we're at. You guys, I feel so unprepared for this. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but um, basically, so what the Russians... Wait, is this after... I'm trying to remember where we're at in this. Has the big fire thing happened yet? Or is that in no. this episode? No, that <gasps> is not this episode. Oh my gosh. Did I just give so, yeah, a spoiler? Yeah, this is the one... Um, kind of starts out that one of the the russians is running through hell's kitchen and he uh jumps in his getaway car but before he drives off daredevil uh drops his uh brother's body on the car um the oh Russian that's kind of right. peels off that's uh, right and then daredevil goes to see claire to stitch up his wounds Oh yeah. Okay. And that's so where, yeah, he goes then, then back. That, he goes back to Claire. Okay. Yeah. And then yeah. And talks that, about the armor. When, yeah. This is when she's like, "Yeah, you should get better body armor." And mm-hmm. he's like, "It'll slow me down." And it's like, "Okay, well, come on, you guys," um, mm-hmm. because then they kind of start getting a little flirty. But then the yep. moment kind of passes, and then Matt's like, "Hey, I want to be able to easily contact you for any medical emergencies, and also keep it on the DL." So here's a burner phone, and she's kind of mm-hmm. like, "Okay," um, but then they they kind of uh, so yeah. At this point, you know, we know the name Wilson Fisk, and Matt is trying to do anything you know he can to just like hunt him down or just try to get any information, and he asks her. Um, if she has heard of heard the name Wilson Fisk and she's like, no, don't, doesn't ring a bell. Mm-hmm. And anyway, so then we have um, across town, the Russian and his colleagues. So they meet up with Wesley, good old Wesley. Good old Wesley. Yeah. And he informs them that if they, um, if they like sign on, like, you know, with Wilson Fisk, he's going to double their output, you know, and they're going to work together. And, um, but then the Russians are like, well, Daredevil, like, almost got us. So, you know, well, I should say the man in black, right? Is mm. that what they're calling him at the, this Or point? the man in the mask. The man in the mask. Yeah. They're like, mm-hmm. yeah, because they don't, he, we don't know the name Daredevil at this point. They don't. Right. Um, but then, um, yeah, Wesley tells, you know, him that the, that the man in the mask is, um, weakening their operation but fisk could provide like a new structure to their criminal group and and at first they kind of resist but then will wesley insists that fisk's that fisk will bring a change whether they like it or not and so they're like okay fine um we're going to um who is this i'm trying to remember so they decide to contact a formidable colleague of theirs to stop daredevil who is that again Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember. Do you remember who that is? Um, I'm. I think it was just another. Um, I'm trying to remember. I watched it like two days ago. Um, <laughs> I think it's just um, uh, another another one of their kind of like hitmen. Um, they're like they're one of their heavy hitters in the in the mob. That's right. That's right. Okay. So it's just a muscle, you know, some muscle, just to, especially to intimidate. Um, so then we, we skip over to a diner where Ben Urich and Karen Page are discussing um, the whole Union Allied conspiracy, as well as like Ben's crime story. And they're trying to trace like a pattern of deaths that are following like several of the Union Allied's associates. They're trying to, they're mm-hmm. trying to see where that trail goes. 
And Ben is like, Karen, you need to stop this. Like you need to drop it and leave it alone. And she's like, no, we need to figure this out. And Ben ultimately says that Karen's theory lacks a credible source and he refuses to help her. So that kind of seems the end of that Mm -hmm. for now. But then Mm -hmm. the Russians, um, they visit their friend and it's actually the one that Daredevil tortured on Claire's roof because he's in the hospital now. He didn't die. (laughs) Yep. He's the guy that got dumped in the trash can from the roof. Yep. And they actually like to get him to wake up. This is so crazy. They like pull all the plugs, like all of his support system and they inject him with adrenaline. But even then, I don't think they totally, I think they made a comment. They weren't totally sure it was adrenaline. They're just like, let's try this. Yep, and, yep. and they're just, and they're like, how do you know it won't work or whatever? And mm-hmm. um, so then he comes out of his coma and he tells the brothers, these are the Russians, that the devil tortured him. He also mm-hmm. tells them about Claire and how they, how she had the man in the mask in her apartment. So, oh crap. Now they mm-hmm. have a tie to Claire and that is not good. So anyways, we mm-hmm. skip over to Wilson, Fisk, and Wesley, and they're discussing how they should handle the man in the mask. And he says if, um, Fisk says that if the Russians can't subdue him, then he's going to find another solution because he's a man of resources. Many, many resources. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And he exits the car. So they're always in a car, you know, Mm -hmm. they're always in a car and he exits the car and enters an art gallery. And there he finds that same museum or the art gallery curator from the last episode that beautiful Mm. woman Mm. and he tries flirting with her thanks her for selling the painting and then he asks the woman to join him for dinner and she accepts and then she introduces herself as vanessa which i just like Mm. i feel like the order of of events in this whole thing i'm like how how did you not ask her name like in the very beginning Right. Well, I think I think that kind of lays into how kind of well, we find out more why he's like that, but just kind of that awkwardness because he doesn't go in public. He doesn't talk to people that aren't Wesley, right? <laughs> so, that's kind of what I attributed it to. He's socially awkward, is that what you're saying? Mhm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So anyways, she accepts and go and she's like, yeah, I'll go on a date with you, mysterious man. Gigantic, um, <laughs> creepy man. <laughs> yeah, who has a lot of money. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so we're back at Claire's apartment and we all know what's about to happen here. She hears movement and she gets spooked and it's the Russians and they grab her. But she also manages to call Matt on the burner phone before they drag her away. And Matt, I, like, he... Go ahead. Sorry. He, like, no, you're fine. He, um, I I don't know why, but, like, this scene always just kind of stands out to me. You know, he mm-hmm. he just, um, you know, he answers... Well, no, he doesn't answer the phone right away because he's he was just talking with Foggy. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he sees, like, who the phone call's from. And so he, he doesn't kind of answer. Steps away. It. Yeah. Right. And he's like, oh, hold on a second. And then he like puts the phone away and you're, you know, and so you're just kind of like, don't you want to answer like the phone? Mm -hmm. Because then eventually when he does pick it back up, all he hears is her like screaming screaming. and then it's like silent. (laughs) So, so it's the part after that where he just takes 
off through the city. He chucks his cane, and it made me think, how many canes has Matt Murdock just thrown and thrown in a dumpster, thrown behind some stuff when he's like, ah, crap, I got to go do Daredevil stuff. I don't have time to, like pretend i'm blind right now so he just chuck goes down a back alley and chucks his cane so i i assume that every back alley in hell's kitchen there is one of those red and white matt murdoch canes and someone's like why are there so many there's what this happens blind to the guy. blind person that happens <laughs> Who, whose cane does this belong to oh it's so <laughs> or, sad yeah, oh. so I every time I see that, I just think of how many canes this because he just yeets this thing. He's like, nope, and he just takes off and like jumps a fence. But it won't also, be the last time we see him do it. It's true, but you know what? It also reminds me of is um, especially the thing that comes to mind is the um, the Spider Man games on the PlayStation. The oh yeah, with ones. the backpacks, with the backpacks yep. stashed around mm-hmm. town. It's almost like mm-hmm. Matt just has these like yeah, just canes, walking canes, just stashed around because he, he he's mm-hmm. gonna need one again once he's you know yeah. back to you know showing the world that he's yeah. blind. You know, so unless he's, just he's very good it. at yeah, and he then, might just be yeah. very good at backtracking. <laughs> just very good at backtracking. Oh goodness. Yeah. Oh, anyways, yeah, I know. I I was looking at my notes from when I was watching this, and yeah, I just I love when he just picks up his walking stick. Yeah, like you said, he hucks it, mm-hmm. and then he just starts running. He just starts booking it, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is just so so different to see that you know, especially in this mm-hmm. in the scene prior where he, you know, he's putting on an image, you know, in front of people, and and even especially mm-hmm. foggy, and then all of a sudden he just like goes to that. Just in an right. instant. So anyways, um, yes, he runs to her apartment, but it's too late. Claire is gone. And then he uses his enhanced hearing, which I always I always appreciate these moments in the show when we actually get to see a little bit more about his enhanced abilities and mm-hmm. how he uses them rather than just fighting and combat. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. so he, yes, he uses the enhanced hearing and he listens for her screams. He locates her voice just a few blocks away while being stuffed into the Russian's car. He tries to pursue it, but the trail goes, goes cold. He circles back to her apartment where he finds Claire's friend. Um, the kid who found him, the kid who found him in the dumpster. Yeah. He has a name. I can't remember it. We talked about it in the last episode. I Uh know we did. Um, but anyways, yeah, he gives, he gives Matt a lead saying that he saw them all get into a taxi owned by the Venice taxi company. So it's like, okay, here we go. We've got a lead, but then we are switching back over and there is a auction going on and Karen is watching a man bid on an old surplus of union allied computers and, She's being all sketchy and watching people and not bidding. She was she was literally being sketchy because she was drawing the pictures of the people. Yes. Yeah. Literally sketchy. She was sketching these people. <laughs> I get you now. <laughs> sketchy. Um, then Ben Urich appears at the auction behind her like a little creep. Just kidding. We like Ben. And he tells Karen to win the computers at any cost. Um, it's like a, a smaller um, yeah, bid. Yeah. Uh huh. He and says, then, "Yeah, that's yeah, that's where he's like, he's like, don't turn around, don't look at me. Mm-hmm. He's like, you're gonna stay here the rest of the time. 
you're going to bid on stuff. You're going to win some things. So it's like innocuous things. And then you're going to leave. And then you're going to meet me somewhere else. Yes. Because you're exactly. being stupid right now. Yes, exactly. Um, so you can just already tell that those two have like a good like relationship. You know, they're... He's he's trying to look out for her because you can tell that both of them are in this, but they're going mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. Well, he told Karen to stop and she didn't. And he knew that she wouldn't. So he knew to go and find her there at this auction. Anyways, more on that later. And then so we switch over to Fisk and Vanessa. They're enjoying their date at an Italian restaurant. And Fisk, you know, he kind of stumbles through their conversation. Again, he's awkward. And Vanessa tries to put him at ease. She's very warm and just very nice to him. And they talk about how Hell's Kitchen has changed over the years. And Fisk is just talking about how, like, oh, yeah, New York City is just, it's a part of my blood. You know, he's just being very Fisk in that moment and being kind of mysterious and moody like he is in this show. Um, More on that later. Do we come back to that? (laughs) <laughs> yes we do okay we come back okay i'm like <laughs> yes, i know what part i want to talk about but i don't want to uh, skip ahead yet uh-huh. yep, yep so anyways the russians they have claire and they take her to this taxi garage um and they try to torture her for daredevil's name and then the lights go off this is one of my favorite scenes from this issue when she's all bloody she's beaten up she's bruised and then the lights go off and she starts laughing yes i, love <laughs> I was it. like oh you got it's 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 the same vibe as um mark ruffalo from uh avengers endgame when thor shows up and he goes oh you guys are so screwed now this was like a much smaller version of that just claire laughing because she knows he is about to wreck Every single person in this garage. And he does. One <laughs> at a time, he starts taking them out. And then the one remaining Russian, he grabs Claire, but then Daredevil quickly disarms him. And for a second there, you're kind of, you know, you're not sure what he's going to do. But then all of a sudden, Claire knocks him out with a baseball bat. Ah! Ugh. <laughs> and anyways, then he, you know, he, he got, he, uh, Pulls her Gets into her a, a hug yeah. and, and tries to comfort her and, and help her and make sure that everything's okay. Gosh, yeah, it was an ordeal for her. Poor Claire. Mm-hmm. So then Karen and Ben, they go back to their diner and she won some of the computers or some of the office equipment. And Ben, he admits it was pure luck that he ran into her at the auction. Is that true? Or I thought he I thought he knew she was gonna be there. Or was he, he says he says that. But also he knew that. Right, <laughs> like, right, right. Yeah. Yes. I mean, he still thinks Karen is very inexperienced and he should leave or she should leave the story to a professional like him. But Karen convinces Ben to just like let her join. And so they're like, okay, let's do this thing. Let's figure it out together. Mm-hmm. So then across town, the remaining Russians, they want a meeting with Fisk. Oh, okay. This is the part I was thinking of. Yep. Um, yep, yep. It is the, so yes. it is, uh, <laughs> oh, yes. Um, it is, uh, what is his name? Vladimir's brother is the one that goes, he's the, cause there's the two brothers that yes. run the Russian mafia. Well, Vladimir runs it and then his brother is kind of his, his lieutenant. Yes. Um, exactly. And he's the one that comes busting into the, 
Yes, because he's sick of he's sick of like waiting around. He's like, no, I'm mm-hmm. gonna go straight to the guy. I want to go straight to mm-hmm. the man. I'm sick of going through Wesley. I'm sick of getting orders. Like I'm going straight to him, and he does. Mm-hmm. And he shows up at that Italian restaurant and ruins the date with Vanessa. And like that's that moment when like he doesn't even get within six feet of him because there are people around the restaurant that That just stand up and Mm -hmm. stop him. And you're like, oh my gosh, everyone there at the restaurant (laughs) works for this guy. (laughs) Works for like that. That is one of those moments again, where you see Wilson Fisk as a very, very formidable foe. Like he's very like, he has a lot of influence and money Mm -hmm. and it's scary. You know, it just, it really just kind of makes you stop and think about him a little bit more. So then he he quickly rushes Vanessa out and he tells the Russian, the, the brother, he'll meet him later. Mm-hmm. And he walks Vanessa to her apartment and she's a little, she's a little shocked. She's a little unsure. Um, but she also leaves Wilson Fisk with neither a confirmation or denial that she'll see him again. She definitely mm-hmm. leaves the door open, right? Mm-hmm. So then back at Nelson and Murdoch, Karen is like, Hey, Foggy, I bought all of this office equipment on the company <laughs> card. <laughs> and instead of like getting mad, Foggy is just like happy that like, you know, because earlier in the episode, they have we, a we phone. Didn't, yeah, we didn't mention <laughs> it, but like he was kind of feeling like their their little law office was very lacking, you mm. know, and so for her to go have gone out and done this, he was very like more grateful than upset he's like wow how thoughtful of you mm-hmm. not that she was only did it because she was trying to pursue something that they said to not pursue yeah seriously <laughs> um but anyways so then um back or at matt's apartment this time um matt he takes claire there and um he he you know he's very apologetic for dragging claire into this war and claire is like it's all right and and she asks if Matt has like an end game to this crusade. And he's like, I just want to make the city a better place. That's my goal. And then he tells Claire his real name as Matt. Because this whole time yes. she thought he's he been would, Mike. Or she's been calling him Mike. <laughs> uh, so a little bit of comic info there. Uh, yeah. In the comics, uh, Matt Murdock, he was having trouble with his uh, having, you know, the life of a superhero and... Um, trying to maintain everything. Um, So he creates a different persona, his twin brother, Mike Murdoch. Mike Murdoch is Daredevil. Matt Murdoch is not Daredevil. And he, for a while, they use this as that's, that's who Daredevil is. He, everyone, not everyone finds out that Mike Murdoch is Daredevil because Oh, it makes sense that he looks like Matt, but Matt's blind. So there's no way, you know, the sixties, uh, into, into the seventies. I actually have up behind me, the, uh, Daredevil number 41 is the death of Mike Murdoch. Um, and they even Chip Zdarsky in the latest run, they brought Mike Murdoch back through a lot of convoluted stuff, but it's a separate person this time. Um, so yeah, so that's where the Mike Murdoch thing came from. Was from it was that's a little bit from the comics back back in the day. I love it. I love it. 
I love when they do stuff like that in in the shows, you know, and and you know, I I had no idea that there was like a comic connection just to that mm. one tiny thing in this show, there's, there's right? So much, there's so much. I love it. <clears throat> um. So yeah, then they, you know, they kind of have a moment there, and you know, he just wants to keep Claire safe. So I think it's good that he has her at his mm-hmm. apartment. Mm-hmm. So then, to finish off this episode. We go back across town and we're again in a car with Wesley and he is actually with um, the Russian brothers. His name is Anatoly, I guess. Yeah, Anatoly. And he, um, so they kind of, you know, he recaps their encounter with the man in the mask and Wesley's like, it was not wise to barge in on Fisk like you did. And suddenly... Oh my gosh, this is like mm. one of the craziest scenes in this whole show. Mm-hmm. Wilson rips the car, do- car door open. He pulls Anatoly out and beats him to death in like a fit of rage. And like one yeah. of the things that I yeah. had um, made note of while I was watching this scene was one of the things that he was saying while he was beating the crap out of him was mm-hmm. you embarrassed me in front of her. In front of her, yep. Yep. Which is like, dude. Yeah. I mean, if it was anybody yeah. else, obviously you're like, uh, what? But like Wilson, like it just shows like how violent and like how personally he took that mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so the other thing too is, uh, <laughs> this is like, again, one of the most violent parts I feel like in this oh, whole yeah. show. Oh, is yeah. He then, yep. um, he then takes Anatoly's head puts it in the car door and like smashes it so that it, he it like severs the head, which is just insane. Uh, well, and like, yeah, not only did it sever the head, he popped it like a grape with the car door <laughs> because well, yes, you that. see mm-hmm. the squish of all of the stuff inside the head hit the ground, but it is, that is, there's a point where, cause Anatoly's not just sitting there taking it. He's trying to fight back. And he headbutts Wilson Fisk, and then there's just the there's a scene of him looking back at him with the most crazy eyes, and you're like, oh, this guy is because nothing he's doing is hurting Wilson Fisk at this point because he's in such an adrenaline fueled rage that nothing's going to hurt him. No. And another thing that I love about this, Wesley is sitting in the car looking forward as this guy is getting popped and the blood squirts all over him. And this is Wesley being a G. He gets out of the car. He walks around to Wilson Fisk, takes out his handkerchief and hands it to Wilson first. As he himself is covered in the guts of the dude, this dude just beat. And he's like, here you go. Yeah. It's just no emotion. Oh Wesley is a ride or die. He is the <sighs> definition of a ride or die. Well, and I, yeah, I even made note too that I noticed that as the blood was just spattering across him while he's sitting in the car, he doesn't even flinch. He, he blinks just sits there. Like, mm. Yeah, he's just like, mm, another day at the office. Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and then, yeah, without even, yeah, doing anything else, yeah, he gets out of the car and, yeah. And then mm-hmm. um, Fisk instructs Wesley to take Anatoly's body and send it to his bro- brother, Vladimir. 
And mm-hmm. he also, um, he's, he's counting on this move to start the gang war um, with a third party, which Fisk desperately wants. Like he, I, at this point, he's like, I'm done with the Russians and I'm just going to let them finish themselves off. Right. And I'm right. going to let the man in the mask do it too, because they, mm-hmm. um, gosh, is it at this point when we find out um, that they planted, or is that in the beginning of the next that's, episode? That's the next episode. Okay. It's the next okay. episode. Definitely. It's like right at, okay. Mm-hmm. So then we won't, okay, that's like right at the next episode. So we'll get into mm-hmm. that. But yeah, that was episode four. Um, mm-hmm. Let me see if there was anything else I was thinking of. Um, let's see. I, you know, I mean, we can talk more about this in the, in one of the other episodes, but I just thought it was so interesting to be seeing this parallel or not parallel, this like um, kind of two sides of the, uh, the same, you know, two sides of Wilson mm-hmm. Fisk where mm-hmm. we see this very, very violent, very influential man. But then we also mm-hmm. see like this, like softer side of him on mm-hmm. a date with a woman that he obviously kind of bumbling really admires. and stumbling. Yeah. And it's like, is this just kind of showing us the viewers that like are they are we try, are they trying to like kind of humanize Fisk a little bit? Yeah. Well, well, I I say what they're doing is they're planting the seeds for one of the best villains in the Marvel universe. Because any villain that is just he is bad, right? There's no depth. There's no depth. You're like, okay, he's bad. Why do I care that he's doing, you know, X or Y? He's bad. I don't care. When you humanize them like that, when you make them interesting and you can maybe even see it from their point of view, that makes them way more interesting. It's why Magneto is one of the best bad guys because you're like, I I get it. Maybe I don't agree with his methods, but I understand why he's mad like that. I'd be pissed too. Um, So that is what they're doing. I feel like that because if you if you add and again, we'll get it into there's Fisk episodes later on in the season, but what he is and how he is, um, them setting the seeds here, like even the point, like they show it a whole bunch. Anytime he gets nervous, he fiddles with his, his, cufflinks. um, cufflinks. We find out that's, but again, planting the seeds now for payoffs later on, they do it phenomenally. Right. In that, yeah. in that episode. Yeah, I know. They're definitely giving us like a little taste of what's to come. Mm-hmm. So yeah. anyways, I just had that thought while they were on their date. I'm like, oh my gosh, these two, like why, mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what is the purpose of like this plot? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I think about that when I'm watching shows, I'm like, why are they showing us this side plot or this right. character? What is the purpose? Mm-hmm. So anyways. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Should we talk about episode five? Yes. I love this episode. Uh, Episode five, World on Fire. I love this. Um, So episode five starts out with Claire kind of cleaning up after her ordeal in Matt's apartment. And he's kind of explaining. He said, you know, I I practice law, uh, Nelson and Murdoch. And he's kind of making her breakfast. Um, And, uh, you know, she's still really messed up from, from the fight. So he goes over to her to like check the wounds and he's like, oh, without saying anything is, oh, you opened a, 
you opened one of your stitches. She's like, how do you know that? And he's like, oh, and you have a hairline fracture in, in one of your ribs. And she goes, she's like, how do you know that? He's like, I can hear it. And she goes, what does a hairline fracture sound like? He goes, ah, a creaky ship. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, yeah. And then that's when she asks about, um, she says, I think the line is, um, for, for someone ha- who can't see or who's blind, you see so much. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she kind of asks him to explain like what he does see. And that's when he says a world on fire. And this is the only time in the entirety of daredevil that we see it from his point of view. That's true. The yeah, only we never time. Yeah, that. And you see, yeah, you see that, like, like it's like, it's, it's, I wouldn't say sound waves. To me, it always, it, it's got like a red tint to it, but it's more like, I have always seen like water waves touching things. Um, just kind of like, like, just like stuff cascading off of things. But it's it's very red, it's very orange, so it does kind of look like fire. But I always saw it as kind of like like a watery kind of, or like I guess like when when you have uh, fog, right? And you have like a fog machine, yes, <laughs> and and it, and it like kind of moves around a face in the distance, like the outline of the smoke on the face giving you the image of the face. Right, that's what he sees, and it is phenomenally done. And I love that that's the only time you see it because they would have spent so much time like they did in the Ben Affleck one showing radar sense. And it's like, cool, (laughs) just he doesn't need to hit a pipe to see anyway. um, (laughs) But um, yeah, so he told Claire to uh, uh, stay at his house. And Claire's like, oh, no, I guess. (laughs) And then uh, they finally kiss, and she was like, "I was wondering when you were going to do that." Um, you know, my but... thought with that though is like, she had like a split lip mm-hmm. from her injuries, and I'm like, mm-hmm. "Honey, how are you kissing like that?" Because, like, so you're that's telling me hurt. if you had a split lip and you were in Matt Murdock's apartment. <laughs> You would say no. Is that what you're I saying mean... right now? The answer is no. I know you. The answer is no. You would. You would just be like, all right, you know what? It's fine. Because that dude's face is all bruised up and cut up too, so it doesn't matter. Okay, it's just, you just start thinking about infections and germs and also just she's uncomfortable. A nurse. Okay, oh, she's but a she nurse. should she's know got better. Antiseptic. Maybe she's got antiseptics and she's just gonna... Oh my gosh. Take Anyways. care of it. There's obviously a first case, first aid kit there. These are these are thoughts that I have. So anyways, <laughs> keep going. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so then Claire asks Matt why he hasn't consulted the police against the war. Uh, with the war against the mob. Uh, and he says he's going after Fisk. Uh, that's who he su- suspects is slowly taking over the underworld. Uh, he knows everything is connected to Fisk. Uh, Claire reveals that she heard a name, Vladimir, uh, while the Russians held her hostage and suggests that Vladimir might, sounds important, might know who he is. Um, so this is when we get, uh, we shoot across town 
and Wesley uh, goes and visits Vladimir and he thanks Vladimir for uh, turning over his operation to Fisk. And he said, yeah, that, uh, that, uh, yeah, your brother came by last night, accepted of the terms that Vladimir didn't know about. Vladimir didn't, didn't know his brother was going to go do this. Um, and he's like, we'd like to thank you. We're here to work out the details. And then he goes, where, where is Anatoly? And then that's when so another sneaky. Russian comes in the room saying that they found his dead body because they couldn't find him. And Wesley does a very good job of looking shocked when they were like, we, we don't know where he is. He's like, what do you mean you don't know where he is? We just talked to him last night. It's like, no one can find him. He's like, well, then you better find him. This is a big deal. Like, he knows this man had his head popped. and Yeah, he saw it. He, he, he was there. And he was just like, <laughs> he was just, he was playing it. So he's like, well, you better find him real quick so we can fix this deal and get this going. And then that's when another guy comes in saying that they found the dead body. Um and uh, they bring Vladimir the body, who he has no head. Um, and as uh, they're kind of inspecting the body, they find a planted daredevil mask in his pocket. And Wesley goes, the man in the mask. Who would... I guess he is more dangerous than we thought. And just straight <laughs> up is like sitting there with this guy just pulling strings and it's again wesley it's it's awfully convenient that he showed up right when that happened Mm -hmm. it's like he planned it Mm -hmm. yep yep um so yeah so that's basically vladimir declares war on on daredevil um so later that day wesley and fisk meet with uh union allies men and madame gao who i love um, oh, she's and <laughs> uh, Fisk informs them that he killed Anatoly uh, and said the Russians no longer have a stake in Hell's Kitchen. Uh, Fisk tells them that he framed Daredevil for the mur- murder and hopefully they'll just wipe each other out. Um, Madame Gao now wonders how her product will circulate without the Russians, but Fisk kind of tells her the product's still going to move. And Gao, you know, knowing business, she's like, okay, cool. All right, we're just going to keep going like business as usual. Um, well, and I uh, should probably point out the fact, too, that, like, while this little meeting is happening, they're at some sort of, like, um... It's like abandoned construction. Or some... Well, no, because it's in this... Th- no, this is where they're, like, there's a car being washed in the background. Oh, yes, 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 yes. That's and right. you're just, like... It's a business, yeah, yeah. What car is being washed inside and out right now? I wonder. Right. right. And they're also shocked that Wilson Fisk is at the meeting. That too. Because yeah, he's he always, never there. They're yeah. like, whoa. <laughs> he always whoa. sends Wesley in his Fisk is here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in another part of New York, uh, uh, you see the Russians driving – uh, a man singing a song in Mandarin in the backseat of a, oh, yeah. a taxi who's one of Madame's gal men. If he knows anything about the man in the black mask and he's, he blind doesn't give an answer. Too. Yeah. He's blind. Yeah. And then uh, he doesn't give an answer. And then daredevil ambushes them and uh, asks him where he can find Vladimir. But the Russians say that Vladimir knows that daredevil killed his brother. And Matt's really confused by this. And he's like, I did what? Um, but then the police show up before Daredevil can really make sense of what's going on, and he runs away. Um, 
then we get the next morning, Nelson and Murdoch, Karen tries uncovering the information hidden in the Union Allied old uh, office equipment. Uh, then a potential client uh, enters the office asking for the for help. Uh, she uh, is was recommended by Brett, uh, Brett, the, the cop that Foggy was bribing with cigars That's right. um, at the beginning. <laughs> uh, she says, you know, go see these guys. They can help you. Miss Cardenas is her name, Elena Cardenas. Uh, and she tells them about um, how uh, I think it's Armand Tully, I think is his name. He's the landlord that runs the stuff and basically unjustly evicting them from their apartment. Uh, there is another, uh, there's another little bit there where um, she's, she's speaking kind of back and forth between Spanish and English. And Karen says, uh, she goes, Oh, okay. Yeah. She said this. And they're like, Oh, you, you speak. She's like, yeah, a little bit of Spanish. And then she starts <laughs> saying something else and Karen looks a little confused. And then Matt in fluent Spanish immediately translates it and speaks back to her. And this is where you get a little bit of little, little bit of um, some, some stuff going on because uh, she goes, Oh, okay. She's like, I don't need to, I don't need to translate that. And he goes, no, no, I like hearing your voice. And, and then Fo- and then that's when Foggy jumps in. He's like, hey, if you ever need someone to translate Punjabi, oh it's this gosh. guy right here. Well, and like even even as like Foggy, like or right as Matt said that about like, oh, I like to hear the sound of your voice. Um, you can just like audibly see Foggy roll his eyes in that moment. He's right. just like, oh, my gosh. And then, and then, yeah, because he just knows how much of like a a flirt that Matt is, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, you know, such a womanizer. And anyways, mm-hmm. so then, yeah, he makes the, yeah. the Punjabi comment. Um. <laughs> does, does Matt. Okay. So tell me this. I, I had this question for you um, about the comics. Does Matt Murdoch speak Spanish in the comics? Um, I'm trying to remember an, any exact example of it. Um, and nothing really pops up, but it does not surprise me with someone that listens so well, being able to understand, you know, different dialects, because that's the way he has to communicate with people all the time. So the man could know 14 languages and it would not surprise me. I know he knows Japanese. I know he knows Chinese. And that's in the comics? In the comics, yeah. When we get into some of that mystical ninja stuff later on. Um but yeah, yeah, but I don't remember. But again, it could have been. I just can't remember off the top of my head. But again, it does not surprise me with just the way he communicates. That's how he's got to communicate. Because, you know, when like say you and I are speaking a different language, I can kind of mime out what I what I mean mm-hmm. with Matt in his day to day life. He can't react to someone miming something out. So it's easier to learn the language. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. Um, but yeah, so, uh, the reason that they want to evict her from the apartment is because he wants to convert it into a a lucrative condo. Uh, she says the police won't help and she doesn't know what to do. Matt agrees to help, uh, saying that Foggy will speak to Tully's lawyer, the same law firm that Foggy used to intern at and he hates, um, and Matt's going to go talk to the police. Uh, Foggy hates the idea, but takes Karen with him. 
Uh, so then we go to the police station and Matt asks the cop what he knows about Tully. The cop agrees to help dig up uh, whatever he can on Tully. As Matt's waiting in the office at the precinct, he overhears one of the Russians from the night before speaking to the police. Convenient that Matt wanted to go to the police station, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, but so he's listening to the um, to the conversation between the cops and they're, you know, saying, oh, you got to give up someone real big if you want to get out of here. And he goes, OK, but you got to protect me. And then he says, Wilson Fisk. And the cops look at each other and he they go out. It's thing. it's it's your is it your turn? He goes, no, 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 no. I did. I did it for that other job. And he goes, ah, you're right. You're right. You're right. And then he stands there and this Russian guy's looking confused. And he's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. And he punches him in the face and knocks him down. And they start screaming. He's got my gun. He's got my gun. Put the gun down. Put the gun down. And then the cop aims at the Russian's head and says, you shouldn't have said his name. And then shoots him. And Matt hears all of this. Um, So these are definitely... Definitely crooked cops. Um, They're on Kingpin's payroll. (laughs) Then we jump back over to Foggy's old firm where he uh, goes to meet uh, with the, with the representative from Tully. And it turns out that it is his uh, former colleague slash girlfriend, Marcy, who again, she's such a small bit character in Daredevil, but I love Marcy, because of her character arc in this <laughs> show, bear. in all three seasons. Yeah, she calls him Foggy Bear, and she's got the <laughs> platinum blonde hair. And uh, uh, so the lawyer says, you know, it's overrun with criminals. That's why all the people couldn't finish the repairs, and that it needs to be bulldozed. And she should just talk to the client and uh, uh, take in the taking the money. And then this is where, like, it looks like Foggy's about to be pushed over by this girl. And then he just flips the switch and he's like, I will, he's like, and no, no, you don't have all the leverage. I have the leverage. And if we go to court, I will destroy you and your blown out salon hair and your pumps. I love <laughs> and it. I Karen love it. is just like, oh, <laughs> she's just like big eyed. And then, and then as they were walking away, she says like, foggy bear, you would have killed it here. And he's like, I wish you would have left. I liked you better when you had a soul. And I'm like, fucking, fucking. <laughs> yes, such a great moment. Yes, Foggy. <laughs> and he does this through the whole series. But I just remember just fist pumping in the air because it looks like he's about to fold and just be like, oh, you're right. And then he's like, but actually, mm-hmm. this is how it's going to go. Well, and, and even Karen's oh, like. I love it. Like he reveals to Karen that he not only like worked mm. with her, but he dated her. And she's like, you mm. dated that. that, that. <laughs> like, she used to be different. <laughs> um, but then they go over that. to uh, Miss Cardenas's apartment building. And uh, she tells them that they haven't, they're not getting it fixed yet, uh, but, but they're working on it. And then that's when uh, foggy is like, you know what? Yeah. You know what? We'll start helping out. And, uh, foggy and Karen like roll up their sleeves and start like helping put her uh put her apartment back together. I um, love it. Yeah. Uh then we jump back across and uh Matt, I assume, ran into a back alley, threw his um cane 
on top of a building somewhere, <laughs> changed into his Daredevil You'll costume. You'll get it later. <laughs> um, because he attacks the uh, the cop that shot um, the Russian. Uh, and he wants all the information the cop has on Wilson Fisk. Uh, the cop reveals that the Russians are connected to Fisk somehow, uh, but tries shooting Daredevil first. Uh, Daredevil's forced to knock him out before the before he has all the information. Um, then uh, we get Vanessa agreeing to melt meet Wilson Fisk for another date. Um, but she demands that Fisk be completely upfront with her from now on. He agrees to always be honest and the date really goes well. Vanessa talks about how she once slept with Prince, the musician. Um, uh, and it makes Fisk jealous, but the way she described Prince, like he walked in white suit, purple ascot on and he goes purple ascot isn't that a little bit too much she just described what wilson fisk wears in the comics <laughs> right <laughs> i love it um and but there is a there's a there's a a good thing there where uh she says yeah she's like yeah i slept with him and he kind of looks down in a way and she goes does that surprise you and he said no, I, you're a very attractive woman. I assume that you've had lovers. And he's like, then why'd you look away? And he goes, well, because I'm upset with myself that I didn't say something like that when we first met. And then she kind of gives him a little smile and goes, I'm glad you didn't. Um, no pickup lines then, for Vanessa. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then, you know, uh, he talks about, uh, he talks about Wesley and how that's the closest friend he has. Uh, and that's where he mentions that he's not good in public. Um, and after he has been honest with her a whole bunch of times, he asks and says, you know, is that why you brought uh, a gun in your purse? Because you don't feel how, safe around me? How did, like, there's no way he could have known that there was a tiny little gun in that purse. See, I thought he saw, like, when she was putting something in there, just like the very, the very butt of the gun. Maybe, but like the, uh, that's at what least I always... like the the shape of the the purse mm -hmm. should not have given it away. Right. I think she opened it and she put something in there and shut it, and he either, saw it earlier in the date. Yeah, either that, or I mean, it could be that, but also he, yeah, like he could just be calling like a bluff, trying like remember, trying to see how she'd react if he said right. that kind of thing. I think I I'm trying to remember. Did she get a cigarette out of her purse when she was drinking the wine? I, don't I think remember. that might have been, it, but I might have to go back and watch that yeah. moment just so I yeah, yeah. know. Because I'm like, um, how how did she? How did he know? Mm -hmm. That that's a tiny little gun, tiny little purse. Yep. Um, but uh, she she says uh, he asks her if she feels safe. She she doesn't, but she admits that she knows Fisk is a dangerous man. Uh, despite the danger, she she still likes him. And then Fisk says he'll continue to hurt people in order to do what's necessary. And that's when Vanessa hands him the gun and she says, she asks, uh, um, am I safe with you? And he said, when you're with me, no one will hurt you. Um, so then it jumps over to Vladimir's and Vladimir's tipped with the information, possibly revealing Fisk as Anatoly's murderer. Um, I believe that is with, um, uh, Turk. I want to say Turk. Was that he's Turk? talking with Turk? It's when he's putting the word out uh, for the bounty on Daredevil, and I think Turk drops that little bit of knowledge. 
That's right. For him. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that, yeah, he says he'll give a million dollars to anyone, um, that can come up with Fisk's location. Uh, so back at the apartment that Miss, Car- Miss Cardena's apartment, Foggy and Karen kind of restore it, get the water working, and she makes them food and leaves them and says, um, you know, have fun on your date. And that's when Foggy's like, did she, does she think? And she's like, yeah. And he goes, is it a date? And she's like, yeah, yeah, it is. And I was like, oh, this is nice. <sighs> Foggy. Foggy. I mean, Foggy, Foggy. I don't, um, I, I have thoughts. Yeah. I so keep going, keep going. Yeah. So, so during this thing, you're like, they're sitting there and they're, they're joking around. They're having a good time. Like she talks about, you know, he says, you know, when I was, you know, I used to be smaller and she's like, I'm going to need photographic evidence of, of skinny you. And he goes, yeah. Okay. And it looks like they're having a, they're having a good time. Like they're, it looks like everything's going well. And then Karen starts asking a lot of questions about Matt. And Matt, does Matt have a girlfriend? And then Foggy's trying to be nice. He's he's trying to like, you know, not throw his buddy under the bus. But he's like, yeah, he dates women. I wouldn't say he's had a long-term girlfriend. You know, nothing more than a couple months. And then they get into the the, the conversation with the the, you know, uh, how he sees and he seems to kind of see more yeah well yeah or just like how does how does well, how he does tell that they're beautiful yeah. women and he's like oh, i yeah, don't yeah. know he just does but then she talks about touching like touching the face to see what they look like and this is where it gets a little weird for me because oh, she's like it's totally she's weird like, <laughs> she's like has matt ever touched your face and he's like yeah once but it was weird and she's like okay Will you touch my face? As like if you he were would a, do yeah. it. Like if, and then I'll you touch your face after. It'll be fine. And he's like, um, okay. And I was like, and Franklin Nelson, welcome no. to the friend zone. You mean you Fogwell? Have now, Fogwell. Fo- Fogbert. Fogbert <laughs> Nelson. Not Fogwell. Fogbert. <laughs> Fogbert Nelson, welcome to the friend zone. You well. just got friend zoned so hard. In this episode. Okay, okay. Like, okay, I feel like there's more than one way of kind of seeing this a little bit. Because mm-hmm. I I don't feel like it's totally... Well, okay, I kind of see it in both ways. Because, yeah, she's definitely, like, kind of bringing up Matt and talking about him. But then also, I, like... Did this happen in the comics? Because I feel like they're kind of trying to force Karen and Foggy a little bit. Which no, so in in the comics, it was they did have like a weird like love triangle thing, like they did with uh, where Foggy did like Karen, um, and Karen liked Daredevil. And Matt liked Karen. And it was like this, it was like the Lois Lane, Clark Kent, Superman thing. Gotcha. Um, where it's the same guy. Um, but yeah, for a little bit, for a little bit, Foggy was definitely into her. And, but you know, then it just wasn't something. Cause again, early Karen is ditzy sixties 
you know, office hand. They, she is not the same character that she is in this show at all. That she is, is completely different. That she is, is completely different because she is just like that stereotypical, you know, portrayal of women in the 60s. It's like, oh, you know, I can't do that. I'll just, you know, I'll mess up my hair or I'll miss this point, you know, stuff like that. Right. Um, so she's already very different. But I mean, this kind of like in this room, it, it's kind of like that. Um, but yeah, yeah. So I guess it uh, yeah. is, it's same, but different. Right. I don't know. But even just back to the whole like touching each other's faces kind of thing, like it is weird. It is mm-hmm. really weird. Like I can see, I can see the whole thing with like, I, I just imagine that moment where Foggy and Matt are back in college and they're just sitting in their dorm room and it just, the conversation just comes up somehow. Right. And it's almost like Matt is trying to appease Foggy a little bit. I, I'd imagine. Or, because... or he's trying. Yeah. Or he's trying to lean into the I'm blind. Yeah. I that's can't what I actually. Mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like trying to throw him off a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, especially, mm-hmm. yeah, it just to like act like a blind man. Right. Um, right, right. A typical blind man, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so yeah, that whole thing. And it's just like super awkward. And that he just kind of leans across the table and like, I don't know, I guess I'm just kind of weird too, because I don't, I don't really like people touching my face. And so I'm like, or even like around my eyes or anything, I'm like, whoa, whoa, back mm-hmm. off. You know, I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm the only one who so I, I'm the only one who touches my eyes because I wear contacts. So I'm like, no, no, no. These are my eyeballs. I will touch them. <laughs> so you're saying next time we meet up, I shouldn't just start going no. like poking towards your face. No, I might, might no. assault me. Just yes, not might will <laughs> will. Um, I'm like I'm the so, youngest in my family, so I know how to fight back. <laughs> mm. I had to stick up for myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Anyways, so, it's awkward in the show. Yeah. Um, but so. <laughs> gets, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So so it's um, I just I felt bad for Foggy because you think about when the previous episode she was having a hard time, and he took her out on the town, and they went and had drinks together, and they had an awesome time and they've been bonding in the office and they've become you know closer and closer and closer and he's definitely like i would like to do this and everything is leading up to that everything's leading up to that and then you see you you get the drop of the i like to hear your voice earlier in the episode and he's like okay whatever we can get past that but you're not going to get past the pretend you're him <laughs> point in the conversation. And that's when I was like, oh, Fogbert. Fog no. <laughs> Poor Fogbert. Uh, um but yeah, so then we um uh, go back to Matt's apartment and Claire is going through uh the cell phone of the crooked cop and asking, you know, for useful addresses. Um uh and that's when uh she finds an address that might be Vladimir's. Uh, and there's another good scene here too, where she, he's getting ready to run out, right. To go, to go do this. And she's like, what, what are you doing? You don't need to do this. And he said, um, I'm going to do whatever I need to, to protect my city and keep everyone safe. And she said, you know, back on the roof, when you said 
that you don't enjoy hurting people? And he's like, yes. And you said you believe me. And she's like, yes, because I want to believe that I don't uh, think or how'd she say this? Um, I want to believe that that's the man that I'm falling in love with. Um, and uh, that, and he's like, and if, if that I shouldn't, I shouldn't fall in love if, if that's, you know, that's the man. And as he's getting ready to leave, he just looks at her. And again, he says, you're right. You shouldn't. And he puts on the mask and he goes out the door. And that is Matt's weird ass way of protecting Claire. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Don't get close to me. And that, that kind of goes back into why Matt only has a girlfriend for a couple months at a time. He doesn't want them to get involved in the dangerous part of his life. So that's to him. He's protecting her. Um, so yeah, but one thing, um, Daredevil jumps into, uh, Vladimir's apartment and is quickly stopped by an explosion. Um, but yeah, unbeknownst to him, one of Madame Gao's blind men went into there and set off a bomb and another explosion ignites in the apartment that Karen and Foggy are in with a bunch of other buildings right, around right Hell's as Kitchen. he was about to touch her. Or like he had just like put his hands mm-hmm. on her face and then it happens. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then you get an excellent scene of uh, Vanessa and Wilson standing oh, watching all of the explosions it's go like off. It's like it was planned. Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. like, and he straight up tells her, he's like, yeah, I, you have to destroy to to build build up a better city and Vanessa's like impressed and then they start holding hands and this was why I was like ooh Vanessa um okay I'm seeing some true colors popping out here um but yeah so then uh Daredevil kind of back over the explosion he kind of picks himself up and he chases down Vladimir uh he catches him and just starts beating the hell out of him um but before he can you know, give him the knockout blow. A couple cops show up and, uh, you know, tell him to, that he's under arrest and to, to stand still. And Daredevil raises his hands, and that is the end of episode five. Awesome. It was a great episode. It was a good episode. Great episode. Like, f- friend zone foggy, Fogbert, sorry. Foggy. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's another T-shirt. Welcome to the friend zone, and it's just Foggy doing a thumbs up. Oh, <laughs> but he's a good lawyer. I, you know, definitely like the lawyer parts. Like I do. I like. I like the. You know, I mentioned in our last episode. I like the the legal bits that are thrown. I in. will. I will reiterate that Foggy Nelson is the best lawyer in any Marvel property, and I will die on this hill. I, I don't hear, disagree with you. All right. You hear me, Jen Walters? Foggy's coming for you. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. She's a lawyer, too. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, should we get into episode six? Let's do it. Okay. This one is called Condemned, and we pick up right where we left off in the last episode. Matt is there with his hands in the air. He's cornered by the police, which this is the first time we've seen this happen, because the, the last several times he has had any an encounter with the police, like he's able to get away at the last second and or they don't see him. You know, he scrambles up a fire escape and heads to the roof. 
you know, so it's, this is definitely a different moment. (laughs) And it's interesting to see how this plays out. So they, um, you know, they demand that he gets down on his knees. So, you know, they they cuff him and um, they actually cuff him. And he hears them. But then he hears them talking about killing Vladimir as they had been instructed. And he's like, oh, no, these are these are these are Wilson Fisk's. Um, Okay, crooked crooked cops playing B. Exactly. He's like, (laughs) okay, I am now going into full ninja mode. And he's only able to use his head and feet to fight because, again, he still has the handcuffs on. And, um, but then when everybody's down, he is able to get a key from one of the cops. He uncuffs himself and he takes Vladimir with him and escapes before any of the cops um, um, come back consciousness. So then. Ben Urich, we're back to him. He is looking at a chart of playing cards and news clippings in his office, which um, I actually, I like, I like this use of the playing cards. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I thought I made a note. Yeah. Because uh, what is that? What is that term called? It's like a crazy wall or whatever, where you have like. Oh, the like the crime wall with yeah, all the. Like all the, the connecting strings and, and everything. And I, um, I just thought it was such an interesting detail to use playing cards, like face cards, instead mm-hmm. of just like plain paper or sticky notes, mm-hmm. um, you know, because it just kind of shows again, that there's, um, you know, he, he shows that there's a, he takes a a king of diamonds, um, from the deck and it's, it has the question mark on it and he puts it at the top. Mm -hmm. So again, it's like, it's very like symbolic and it's showing us the viewers that like, there's a king on top. There is a Mm -hmm. kingpin, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's like where we're kind of getting into like these names and the meanings. It's almost like, it's almost like it's the king with the pin and the board. Yep. Exactly. Um, so then, uh, he's, you know, he's at his office, the, the, um, news office. And the next thing we hear is the office is like coming alive. And like, they're all hearing about all of these explosions all over hell's kitchen. And everyone's like, Oh, you know, freaking out. And Ben hears the list of addresses that were hit. And he realizes the one thing that they have in common is that they're controlled by the Russians. Does he just like, did he just like know that from like his investigate previous investigations yeah. mm-hmm. and like stuff? Because yeah. obviously he's been doing this kind of um, investigative journalism mm-hmm. at this uh, at this right. uh, newspaper for a while now. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he doesn't do it as actively or he tries to, but the mm-hmm. editor in chief is always like fluff piece, yep. fluff yep. piece, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyways... Then, um, you know, and he's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go do my journalist thing and figure out what's mm. going on. So he leaves. Then we see, well, Wesley and Fisk in a car again, because that's what again. they do. That's what they do. It's a good, it's a good spot. There, there's another shirt driving in cars with bros and it's just Wilson <laughs> Fisk and Wesley. I need this shirt. <laughs> I, I really need this. Um, they learn that Vladimir got away alive and they're like, oh, this is a problem. What a pest. It, they just kind of treat him as like, oh, Why won't he just die. He's just like a cockroach. <laughs> he can't die. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, aside from this, you know, Fisk is also worried about Madame Gao. Um, you know, he doesn't he doesn't want her to be disappointed. Like he wants to keep that partnership on good mm-hmm. terms. 
And especially after all that she's done, because obviously she had quite a big hand in these explosions. In the explosions, yep. I mean, literally her people were the ones that mm-hmm. carried the bombs. Meanwhile, um, Blake and Hoffman, those are, oh, those the, are the couple The dirty cops, cops yep. That's the right. dirty cops, yep. They, they arrive at one of the Russian sites to do a little cleanup, and they're trying to pressure... Um, they're trying to pressure someone, trying to tell them, you know, one of the guys, he's he's on the verge of death already. He's he's cr- being crushed under a slab of concrete. And mm-hmm. he's trying to get them, trying to get him to tell them where Vladimir is. And he's like, I don't know. And so they shoot him. And then they're like, okay, let's ask, like, they ask the others, the other cops to do the same if they find anyone mm-hmm. alive. So they're really trying to clean house at this point. Mm-hmm. And, um... So then we skip over to Matt. He carries Vladimir into an abandoned warehouse and puts him on the ground. And they have, you know, they start talking about everything that's going on. And Matt tells him, like, I didn't kill your brother. And I'm, I also, I don't work for Fisk. Like, he's trying to, like, clear the air Uh and, like, be like, dude. Yeah. And he, Everything t- he you've tells been told him, is a lie. <laughs> right. When he tells him, yeah, he tells him, he's like, I, I, he's like, I don't kill people. And he's like, yeah, but what about the guy on the roof? He's like, he's in a coma. He's like, but he's alive, right? <laughs> he survived, right? All right. Uh, Moving on. Details, details. <laughs> um, yeah. So meanwhile, Foggy and Karen, they arrive at the hospital. They're with Mrs. Cardenas. Um, she is bleeding. They're both, you know, ble- they both have some cuts mm-hmm. and bruises. You know, they were definitely right. Because um, I don't think it was their building i think they were just right it was next just near to one. it right right but it but mm. it burst the the explosion the burst the windows, windows yep, and yep. yeah and just the impact and everything and mm-hmm. you know you see them like fall to the ground mm-hmm. um so then in a nice little twist it's actually claire who starts to take care of her so she's there she's in the action she's doing her nurse thing at the hospital listen <laughs> and i love listening to rosario dawson speak spanish so any chance she gets to speak Spanish is always a plus for me. Um, so yeah, she immediately takes Miss Cardenas and just jumps right into Spanish. Um, I think after this was was funny when um, Karen goes, "Foggy, you're bleeding." He goes, "Oh, that explains it." And she's like, "What?" He's like, "The piercing pain in my side." Poor Foggy. <laughs> Again, oh. Foggy is the best. I need to find me a Foggy. He's so he's so cute. He's the best. He he really is a cute little foggy bear. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, yeah, so he uh, yeah he realizes that he's badly hurt, and um, but at the same time too, like Karen and Foggy, they were um, kind of seeing the action on a on a nearby TV, and they're like, we need to call Matt. Like, oh my gosh, our blind friend is There's out a there. Blind somewhere. man in a war zone. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, you know. He's not answering. So then Claire's boss, um, who we actually recognize because we've seen her already at the hospital, um, because in the previous in a previous episode when Ben Yurik had come to the hospital mm. to talk about his wife, that's who he she was, gave him the extension was. on the on the the insurance. Yeah, 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 exactly. So kind of all comes full circle there. But she's busy with patients. Um, and Matt, when Matt calls and he tries to like ask Claire to help him save Vladimir, um, 
because he really needs the intel because like he just keeps passing out and he's like stop it <laughs> i yeah. need you to i need uh-huh. you to be okay because we need mm-hmm. to talk we have some things to discuss yep. and you need yeah. to be I, conscious <laughs> i loved this conversation he's she's like i can't just go out in this and help you save someone he's like no just tell me how to stabilize someone she goes okay and then he goes <laughs> before we start though it's Vladimir, the guy that had you kidnapped. That's and she's true. Like, That's yeah, true. What? And he's like, he's like, I need the information. But I loved this. I loved this next part because she's like, do you have a first aid kit around you? And he's like, no, I'm in a warehouse. He's like, what do you have? He tilts his head down. He goes, some fire extinguishers, bag of nails, roadside emergency kit. Um, and he's just looking down and he's like, Three extra doors, pile of rags, shoe, (laughs) (laughs) just everything. And she's like, wait, go back to the, go back to the roadside kit. Does it have any flares in it? Yeah. Three. (laughs) (laughs) He's not moved. Mm -hmm. That, that is again, a great, that is how he is. He, he sees air quotes, all of that just sitting there and he just pulls the phone down away from his face for a little bit so he can hear a little better and concentrate it's not yeah it's excellent mm-hmm. oh yeah so then she's like hey get those uh go, go get those flares because we're gonna cauterize the wound yay and like <laughs> wasn't she like happy that it that it was um yeah that it was gonna like, cause him pain <laughs> yeah it, it, is it is it gonna hurt yeah a lot good <laughs> yep exactly exactly <laughs> So anyways, that, that happens. But then, um, is it at that moment when he, um, screams and somebody hears me outside, somebody kind of hears something. Uh, yeah. And yeah. Like, yeah. Oh. yeah. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. goes, check it out. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. The police officer, um, he approaches that location and yeah, he hears it and, um, he's, he calls it in, but then Matt jumps him and starts asking, um, like, are you about, a dirty cop? Yeah, you know, but he realizes, like, this cop is very, very green. He's only had, like, mm. two months on the job. And he can tell because, you know, he's he's paying attention to his heartbeat. And, mm. um, but then he tells him to do, like, to call back on the radio and be like, just kidding, it's false alarm, don't need to come here. But the young cop, very, he was so brave, so brave. Mm-hmm. He does the very opposite, which makes the situation just that much worse for Matt. So police cars approach and Ben Urich arrives. So we're out, you know, we're outside the building and Ben Urich arrives and he's trying to get a statement from the very uncooperative um, officers, Blake and Hoffman, the two dirty cops. You know, he's just trying to do again. He's trying to do his journalist thing. He's trying to find Mm -hmm. the story, find out what's going on. And they know him too. Like they definitely, Mm -hmm. you know, they're like, oh, this guy again. And so... Back in the car with Wesley and Fisk. Yay. They're talking about the man in the mask showing up and they're, you know, they're realizing that he's the one that's now holding this young cop hostage. And um, they, they are, they're worried about Ben Urich, whom they've just learned is now on the scene. And Fisk, (laughs) he's just, he just likes to show how deep and widespread his connections are. And we learn that he has the power to orchestrate the media attention on what's about to happen next, which again, is just so, it's just so spooky. Like, dude, Mm -hmm. you are just too powerful for your own good. 
So then Matt ties up the cop that he's holding hostage and he, he's trying to, um, he's, he's like commenting on the situation outside. So, you know, for the benefit of Vladimir, who's, you know, he, at this point he's regained consciousness and Vladimir's wondering like, what did you do to me? And Matt's like (laughs) trying to, again, get more information out of him Mm. about Fisk and his connections. And it becomes like very obvious to Vladimir that Matt only has like the vaguest of clues and there's a much bigger game going on and he gives mm-hmm. Matt nothing. And mm-hmm. then he also like headbutts him and mm-hmm. they fight and fall through the yeah. floor and they both pass I'm out. Pre- <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure there's a part where they're, where they're fighting and Vladimir's speaking in uh, uh, Russian. He goes, Oh, that sounds pretty bad, but I don't speak asshole. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. I love it. I love it. <laughs> So yes, then we go back outside and we check in with Ben Yurik before cutting um, back to, um, you know, he's he's very concerned. He's trying to figure out what's going on. But then we cut back to Foggy and Karen in the hospital and Foggy um, is like, you know, he's in the hospital now. So like he's in a hospital bed and being treated and Karen is just not able to get a hold of Matt and Foggy's trying to play down his concerns about, you know, and he's just like trying to, you know, help comfort her. But then she leaves and then he calls Matt and he's just pleading with Matt on his answering machine. But then as we're about to learn, Matt is just not in great shape. He regains consciousness and he gets to his knees and he's trying to like figure out uh, if Vladimir is still alive or not. And so he, he, he frantically does chest compressions. And isn't this the moment where he just totally like pounds on his chest? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And the the guy wakes and Vladimir wakes back up and goes, what happened? He's like, you died. I brought you back. That's right. That's right. Because he is not done with him. He's like, no, nope. I am going to get information out of this guy. And that's where he says, he says, you really don't kill people. And he says, no, especially when they still have information I need. Exactly. <laughs> and I think that this is when Vladimir finally realizes that he, in fact, did not kill Anatoly. It took this long for him to actually click in his head like, oh, maybe he's right. Yes, exactly. So then outside, we see Wesley pick up a walkie-talkie that um, will put Fisk in direct contact with the building like that Matt is in. And um, he Matt is trying to like look for a way to escape. You know, he's he's trying to get a better sense of his surroundings, and he notices that. Um, that there's like a grate in the floor and that's a potential way to escape, but it's also very heavy and he's not able to um, lift it off quite yet. And then his attention is grabbed because he hears Fisk's voice coming through the police officer's walkie talkie who, who who fell, you know, the walkie talkie fell down in the hole with them when the floor gave out. So, Oh my goodness. I like, this is the moment that these two talk. Mm-hmm. For the first time. And, yeah. um, you know, they... I, yeah, I love their exchange when when he says, you've been asking about me. I thought it was time we spoke. And then Matt says, say your name. And Fisk says, you first. 
Oh, yes. And then there's a pause, and he's like, that's what I thought. You and I have a lot in common, and Matt's like, we're nothing alike. But I just love that. Say your name. You first. Pause. Mm -hmm. He's like, damn. (laughs) Well, and I feel like this, this conversation is very, like kind of battle of the wits a little bit Mm -hmm. because you, again, like this is the first time they're talking and Matt has no idea who he's dealing with, like truly. Mm -hmm. And so he, he gets like this, like tastes from him and realizes that like Wilson Fisk is not just some dumb brute. He is actually really smart. He Mm -hmm. knows like, what to say and he also like knows how to kind of manipulate and Mm -hmm. influence and kind of there's a couple times where he kind of gets matt like he kind of um Mm -hmm. catches him off guard and matt's kind of like oh ah you know and so he matt's trying to realize like oh i need to be more careful with Mm -hmm. what i'm saying and so yeah it's very very good conversation moment between these two for sure and then um, in the distance, we see that a police sniper is taking aim and um, and like kind of off the uh, off the walkie talkie, Wilson Fisk kind of, you know, he's asking the sniper to kind of, you know, to fire. And then we see that he's aiming for Ben Urich. But we're like, and so it kind of makes us a little nervous to be like, oh, no, what's going to happen to Ben? But then he hits Blake, the dirty cop, instead. And two other police officers are shot as well. And just, like, panic just, like, erupts. And Matt is, like, freaking out, you know, and he throws the walkie-talkie in frustration because he can just tell that Fisk is done talking to him. He's gone. He's He has no more to say at this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so a cool thing that I remember noticing the very first time when that police sniper is taking out the gun out of his bag and getting it set up in his bag is an ace of spades playing card sitting on the top. That is the card that you always see arguably daredevil's top two villains bullseye always have they never confirmed it there was an interview with the showrunner of ign and his comment was i can say nothing except people have a fine fine astute eye and whether that was bullseye i guess time will tell oh my gosh i did not even realize that Mm -hmm. so that might be the first time we saw bullseye i mean he was a really good shot (laughs) Mm -hmm. oh my gosh Okay, well, back at the hospital, um, Claire and others, they see footage of the man in the mask on the news, um, like we talked about earlier, where how the media, yeah, and like the media has like this narrative, and Mm -hmm. um, that Fisk has orchestrated, and so Mm -hmm. they're really trying to make him look like a bad guy, especially where he's fighting cops, like, Mm -hmm. ah, yeah, that's that, that doesn't look good. Yep. And so Matt... Is trying to uh, get the great to budge when he gets a call from Claire telling him about what's being said. And Matt realizes that the police are closing in and he is very worried that things are going to go the wrong way. And he tells Claire to take care of herself. And um, and he finally gets the help he needs from Vladimir, who is like, this is not how I die. 
Um, <laughs> the two of them together are strong enough to escape and they go into the tunnel system below. So then moments later, the police arrive where they left the hostage, the, you know, the young officer, and mm-hmm. then they kill him with a knife. Just, you know, but only mm-hmm. after first reporting that his, his death over the radio, um, and, so which the young officer hears this and is like, mm-hmm. uh, what? No, I'm a lo- Okay. never mind. I'm yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. This is very, very twisted. Meanwhile, Matt and Vladimir, they've made it into the tunnel system. Um, the police try to catch up with them, but Matt fights them off. And then Vladimir <laughs> grabs the machine gun and he kind of holds it up at Matt, but he mm. doesn't shoot him. And, um, You know, it's, they kind of have like a conversation about Mm -hmm. like, or or finally Vladimir's like Leland Owsley, you know, he gives him that name and he tells him that it's Fisk's money man. And so we finally, finally get a new lead, right? We get a name, we get, we get something. And Mm -hmm. so then uh, Vladimir's like, okay. Whoever is coming around this corner, I will take care of them. Because he he's in a very bad way. Like he is about to oh, die. Yeah, he's like, not, he's, yeah, he's not gonna survive. He, he's not gonna survive this at all. So mm-hmm. he and he knows this too. And so he just wants to um do what he can to stop these these guys and let um Matt get away. And mm-hmm. so he does, and he Matt goes off through a side door. And he can hear gunfire behind him. Yeah. I love that he starts singing some Russian song as he wrecks the charging handle on the gun and he's ready to go out. Yep. Just like, yep, this, this is how I die. Yes. And it just, it kind of, it, it all comes full circle from where we started off at the very beginning of this, Mm -hmm. um, where we saw him and his brother in the Russian prison. And, you know, it's, it like, again, like I, this is the end of the little Russian arc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I really, I really liked the episode. Um, overall, there is another, another, uh, quote that I, I really liked during the conversation between Claire and Matt. Um, when he's like, you know, tell me how to stabilize him. And she goes, it's not as easy as it looks in the movies, you know? And he goes, I really don't go to the movies. I like records though. Oh Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I love it. But yeah, no, this, it was a great, it was a great, great episode. Um, and I'm excited to get to our next set of three because it only gets better. Only gets better. I know. I'm excited. Looking forward to it. But yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, I guess know. that's, yeah, yeah. that's, uh, that's, that's all we had for the, for the episode this time, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, hope you'll join us next week when we hit, the next batch of episodes uh make sure and go check out our instagram uh heroes of hell's kitchen and that is heroes of underscore hell's kitchen yeah uh thanks for listening everybody and we'll catch you next time oh wait we should probably say because we didn't at the top where you're from and where i'm from this is true this is true i forgot it's okay i'm luke from the Nerd Dome Podcast, you can find me on the Nerd Dome Podcast as well as here. <laughs> and I'm Marley, and I'm with Age of Geek Media, with the Age of Geek Podcast, and the Cutscenes and Cupcakes Podcast. So yeah, you can find me at those places and here too. 
So yeah, thanks for thanks for listening. Bye everyone. Bye. <laughs>